You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, I really got to ask you a question, Cliff. How the Good. hell is it possible that you and your significant other had three layovers before you got to Montreal coming back from the Grey Cup? <laughs> don't ask me. I didn't book it. <laughs> I don't wish that upon anybody. I guess but hey, what, you, I what, guess what a great you, way to see the country, so to speak. I guess. Well, you, well I mean, you've, you've seen Toronto once. You've seen it. You know, you've seen it before. You've seen Winnipeg, anyways. That's true. I have been to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's great. I mean, like especially they they now have something to celebrate. That's right. So and you got there before that. I heard you just. Is it true you just missed their flight coming in? Well, actually, they had just landed, and they were getting through security just as we were landing. So. Oh. That sucks. So I, I, but I'm thinking too, like by the time I got off the plane, it was really just a quick layover too. So I mean, like it's not going to have had a chance really to go and see any of the players or anything like that. Like it was just kind of literally like get off the plane, let them clean it, get back on the same plane to go to, go to Toronto. So like it was kind of a, it was a very, very brief stop in Winnipeg, unfortunately. But uh, it was kind of funny though, because yeah, they, they, they mentioned that the players were going to be arriving at this time, and we were arriving at this time. So, but, oh, wouldn't that be funny if we just happened to bump into them and just be part of the whole Grey Cup celebration, so to speak? But uh, yeah, exactly. lo and behold, it just it wasn't meant to be, and well, that's fine. It's all good. I mean, I think I think at this point, like after parting it up and being a part of the whole Grey Cup festivities, I, I think there was a big part of me that just wanted to get get home and relax. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. By the way, we do have to give props and congratulations to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on winning their first Grey Cup championship in 29 years. Um, it was a game, I know we didn't have a show about it, but I mean, it's, uh, I was actually, I, I didn't think, I was rooting for Winnipeg. I didn't think, I thought Hamilton was going to win, but I was rooting for Winnipeg, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, dude, they just completely dominated this Tiger Cats team. I mean, they, I'm trying to think, is there a team that has had more wins, same amount of wins or more, and lost the Grey Cup? I know the Alouettes came close to doing that. But they, they, they did. They almost did. They almost lost it. <laughs> but is is there any other team that's lost this many, won this many games and lost the Grey Cup this year? Uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I, one, one stat I didn't check out was Steve Daniel, so it's, it makes me wonder. Yeah, I'm hard pressed to think of that too because I mean, in theory, like the best team should win the Great Cup, and it's funny how a lot of people at the start of the season predicted it was going to be Hamilton versus Winnipeg in the Great Cup, and lo and behold, maybe this may, this may not have been the way they expected it to happen, but that's those are the exact two teams that were in the Great Cup this year, so that's that's pretty incredible. And knowing too that both these teams have a, a 20 plus year drought to to get rid of, and. Props to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They they finally got that monkey off their back. Uh, it really sucks for Ryder Nation because now they got to come up with a new chant to chirp the team with. <laughs> I mean, 1990 doesn't you know like it doesn't quite roll off the tongue unfortunately anymore. And I, I can't see Winnipeg fans going 2013 and having that kind of stick. I mean, that's <laughs> not exactly the best chirp either. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, like a big. Uh, you got to give credit to them. Uh, Andrew Harris, my word. I was he was on fire. I mean, he was 
he he was on a mission yeah. this past Sunday. He he came in and he balled out and and he ended up winning not not only Grey Cup MVP but most outstanding Canadian for the Grey Cup as well. I mean that's phenomenal. And you know what? Say what you will about Andrew Harris about the uh, issue that he had with his uh, performance enhancing drugs, but uh, uh, I mean he he came like, he 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 did what he had to do. He he certainly. He did his time, so to speak, as far as uh, being punished by the league for getting caught with this uh, controlled substance or however you want to phrase it. But I think he wanted to prove to everybody, hey, I'm not that guy. I still am one of the premier players in this league. And my God, he did it. And Zach Caleros, like he too was on a mission. Like he, after starting the year in Winnipeg, uh, in, in Saskatchewan, getting knocked out, basically roaming the sidelines in Toronto for a good part of the season and then getting traded to Winnipeg at the deadline. Starts start the game and just completely blows the doors off everybody. And he goes into Calgary, wins the game. Goes into Saskatchewan, wins the game. And now facing this very tough Hamilton Tiger Cats team that is loaded up, down, left, and right. And he beat them handily. Like, holy crap. No, like, yeah, that's, no kidding. That's just amazing. That, that was a hell of a performance by him as well. But, I mean, this, this whole Winnipeg team was on fire the defense was just outstanding and giving up fewer points as the playoffs went uh, unbelievable i mean like th- th- this was a team that was built to win and like i said we, we gotta give props we gotta give credit to the entire blue bombers organization uh not only did they get that monkey off their back that 30 almost 30 year drought for their fans too like that that's incredible like we, we've got a lot of uh, got a lot of love from uh, bomber nation and they they did the thing, man. Like that's that's what's incredible is they did it. They followed through on their prophecy, and hey, the, now the city of Winnipeg is on a nonstop party for the next good little, little while. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, yes, we have we, we may be talking about Grey Cup and Cliffy's experiences and stuff like that, but we also want to happen to let to let you guys know that uh, we happen to have happen to uh, happen to have a very special special interview. With a certain member of the Montreal Alouettes, and you gotta stay tuned because, ladies and gents, we were able to speak with our head coach, Notre Entrena chef Kahari Jones. So stay tuned for that because it's gold. It's pure gold, and we wanted to make sure that we were trying to get a, a speak with Kahari. Um, hey, as soon as possible, once he was named uh, interim. Uh, sorry, t- the interim was taken off of his title and became our full head coach. And how how is that for a great way to have this Great Cup uh, weekend finish? Like that was just like the the icing on the cake was to get to the airport Monday morning and find out that yeah now that uh, Great Cup's finished now that the CFL season is effectively over and the off season has officially begun. What a way to get things started by announcing that Kahari Jones is no longer the interim head coach of the Alouettes, but indeed the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes. I mean that that does my heart good. That that made me that and that I'm sure inspired a lot of people. A lot of people were very excited to get the, that news and just be excited to know that this team they've proven that they've got they're able to get themselves back on track. All because of Vernon Adams. All because of Kahari Jones. Like those two together, and knowing that they will be definitely a part of the Alouettes for 2020 and hopefully beyond. Man, like talk about a great way to start the off season. And yes, the, the Kahari was very gracious to come and join us this evening. And I, I'm very excited for you folks to listen to what he has to say about not just being a member of the Montreal Alouettes and being this head coach, leader essentially, 
but so much more. And we're, we're very excited to be able to present that to you folks uh, tonight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. By the way, I did just real quick, I think if I'm not mistaken, Cliff, uh, the biggest uh, loss for a Grey Cup team, uh, their record, it was 15 wins. It actually was when the 15-3 and and 15-3 and Baltimore Stallions and Calgary Stampeders met back in Grey Cup 95. So, um, yeah. Ah. Yes. So either way, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're gonna set, <laughs> you're gonna set a record. Even when you win, you lose. So, um, if oh, anybody man. happened to see what we were talking about uh, on social media over the past uh, past two weeks or so, we we also, besides speaking with Kahari tonight, we had the pleasure of sitting down with our quarterback, Vernon Adams. The the gentleman was uh, absolutely uh, nice enough to join us. We invited him out to dinner, and dude, that that is. That's typical of what the uh, to me of what the CFL is, what this type of football is, and how how much community based teams can get. And I loved every minute uh, of our of our wow, uh, almost two hours of just talking talking shop with uh, with uh, with our quarterback. Absolutely, uh, I mean, I we, you've heard us folks talk about just how how wonderful a football player Vernon Adams is, but you may have always heard us talk about what a wonderful person he is and words. Can I begin to describe just how incredible it was for him to join us for dinner and just sit and really just talk shop about everything, not just football, but I mean, talk about life, talk about family, talk about uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on. I mean, he kind of let us you know, kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit as some of the yeah. behind the scenes stuff. And yeah. I mean, like he, he was just incredibly gracious with his time, and uh, I, again, it's the fact that he appreciated the fact that we've we've had his back since 2016. We saw it back then just just what what an amazing person he had the potential to be in this league, and he never forgot that. He made it very clear, like you are my day one guys, and we I I appreciate everything you've done for me, and we wanted to show Vernon like listen, you showed us the love. We're showing you the love. I mean, and for everything you've done, you've done for this organization. I mean, we can't begin to possibly repay that. But for him to be able to sit and spend some time with us on a personal level, it, it's something you can't buy. It's something you can't wish for. I mean, like it's just it's something that it, it's just going to happen organically. And the fact that we were able to do that is, like I said, I'm 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 pretty impressed with how that happened. And once again, we cannot thank Vernon enough to. For him to give us some of his time like that and to be able to share that with you folks is is such a treat. Cliff, I mean, it's uh, it was a joy. It was a pleasure. I mean, uh, you know, when you get this type of access, it, it just shows that these guys are really uh, – they, they love playing football and they're really appreciative of all the fans and stuff like that. So it's um, – yeah, should this be the type of thing that the Alouettes – hey, here's an idea, Alouettes. Maybe do a dinner with a player make it a contest for uh a one non-season ticket holder and one season ticket holder why not why not i i I think it'd be a great idea and again if the goal is to get the fans invested in the team emotionally physically financially however you want people to interact with the team i couldn't think of a better way to do that is to yeah to pair up someone who is involved with the team as far as a player and someone who's involved as a season ticket holder and someone who maybe kind of is on the fence or maybe not sure if they want to commit or whatnot, what better way to sort of introduce them into the family, so to speak, 
then you, you sit down, yeah. you break bread, and get to know these guys on a personal level. I mean, it's it's amazing. It, it really is. And I think the the players would be on board with something like that too because they know that they have to represent for this city. Yeah. Why? What better way to do so than to interact with fans on on such a one on one level? To me, I to me it's a no brainer exactly. as far as I'm concerned. Exactly, and it's the same thing too. And we were uh, you know we we're at the. Uh, uh, the open house for the uh, for the boutique a couple of weeks back. I mean, when they had their when they were open for, to the public, you know, right before the playoffs, you know, the you know, the the players were were fantastic. Just being able to there and 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 conversing with everybody that was there and autographs and just just chit chatting. So it's that's you know that that's what I like about the the the, the league like the CFL where you're able to do just that. So. Um, Quickly, Cliff. Uh, let's. let's get, we're talking about it before, but just give a quick uh, a couple of your your highlights uh, about the Grey Cup, your Grey Cup trip. I know we, I joked about you know how long it took you guys to get home and how many stops you had, uh, but uh, give us a, a quick idea of, of what it was like for the Grey Cup for you, and then uh, we'll get to the interview with uh, our head coach. Well, let's see. Uh, highlights, as far as I'm concerned, was uh, being part of the Wandering Glens. Uh, as you know, all the rest of our brothers in the uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network, uh, we all decided at Grey Cup that we were going to become the Wandering Glens, as a tribute to uh, our former quarterback, Kevin Glenn, and also the former quarterback of, well, pretty much every team in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Glenn has been uh, linked at one point or another with all nine teams currently in the CFL. And as a result, we decided we wanted to pay tribute to Kevin Glenn in this fashion. So, uh Everybody had a, a Kevin Glenn jersey from their team and got to interact with fans and get, you know, basically we wandered throughout all the different Grey Cup parties and got to remind people just how great Kevin Glenn is. And also, too, we were also handing out our, once again, the Canadian Football Podcast Network trading cards. So if you were at Grey Cup and you saw us, all you had to do was ask and you, boom, a couple of packs of trading cards. I know a lot of fans were already starting to uh, assemble full sets as a result because, if you asked, you got cards, and uh, I know even even as of right now, a few days removed from the Grey Cup uh, weekend itself, like people are still asking, "Hey, do you have this player card? Do you have our, our podcaster card? Do you have this card?" And just trying to get together and assemble uh, like full sets of these cards. So I mean, it's it's such a cool way to interact with fans and interact with people as well, and get and best of all, get people talking about the podcast any of the podcasts, which is great because let's say you, you bump into a Stan Peters fan like, hey, do you know about Horseman Radio? No, like, check, you got to check them out. Like they talk about your football team. Do you know about the Edmonton Eskimo Empire podcast? Nope, check them out. You know, you can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Google Play Music. And I know that a lot of people too were also talking about the Alouettes flight deck as well. So I mean, it was a really great way to get exposure for the entire CF, CFPN and to me, I was, I was honored and thrilled to be a part of that as well. So to me, that was the biggest highlight was to just see how many people were really into the whole Wandering Glens thing. And best of all, and one of my personal highlights was Kevin Glenn now follows me on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> shout out to our man, Kevin Glenn. We will definitely have him on the podcast at some point to only talk about the Wander in the CFL. Uh, to me, that was uh, definitely a, a huge highlight. Uh Fight Cancer event uh, the, on the Saturday. Uh, got to run into a couple of former Alouettes in uh, Devon Claybrooks and, and Nick Lewick Lewis, who, by the way, called me a f- <laughs> asshole, and I thought that was hilarious. Oh, you're ser- you were serious. 
I, I does like I don't. I think he meant it in a joking way. I, I hope he meant it in a joking way, but because uh, he was all smiles and he was all excited to see me at the event. But then uh, I just happened to wander away yeah, after I was talking. Q-F-N-A. But uh, no, the, the, here's the context. I'll I'll give it to you really quick. I, I was finished talking with Devon about a couple of things. Had a couple of questions I had to ask him about uh, with his uh, tenure with the BC Lions, and he was very gracious and answered a lot of those questions as well. So absolutely awesome but i just happened to wander back and i don't know exactly what nick was talking about but then he's like oh but don't listen to that cliffy d he's a <laughs> asshole i can see a big smile on his face so i'm pretty <laughs> sure he was just trying to you know bust my chops a little bit I, I, i'm a big boy i can take it I'm like oh okay well you know what hey maybe you're right by the way the uh the, the lunatic skin I'm like, like oh my god clef you're killing me dude <laughs> <laughs> I could. It's not every day when Nick Lewis calls you an effing a hole. Oh, so. better. Is that better? Oh, that's so much better. All right, you know, like this. Uh, this may be the most censored podcast in uh, our our brief yeah, uh, hundred plus episode history. No, no. Remember, we dropped one. Remember, it was one of our first episodes where the first thing that we said it was a bunch of f bombs, and we it was the, the like the first thirty seconds. Don't you? Were it just uh, the the lunatic? Oh, yes. And also, too, that uh, when the Alouettes uh, kind of fell apart in Winnipeg, we also yes. let loose oh, with yeah. the lunatic quite a bit there. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're killing me. Uh- so <laughs> what, what are you going to do, right? It's just it is what it is. But, I mean, the, to me, that was one of the, the definitely the highlights was to sit and chat with uh, both Nick and Devon about all kinds of things. So, I mean, and that's cool. again, that's part of what makes Grey Cup so great is you mm-hmm. do run into a lot of current and former players. And you just there's, – there's no pressure. There's no – pretension or anything like that you're just sitting there you're just you know shooting the breeze with these guys and they're telling stories too and man let me tell you i i'm not i hope i'm not uh, talking out of turn here with nick but uh, there wasn't a whole lot of love for former alouettes head coach tom higgins when he was with the alouettes i mean there was it, it was uh, an interesting relationship that nick had with him to say the least and i'll, I'll just leave it at that because as i said i don't want to you know talk out of turn or anything like that but uh yeah, it was it was just hilarious. Like, cause it's one of those things too. It's kind of only at Grey Cup are you going to get experiences like this. So, if you're wondering, should I go to Grey Cup even if my team's not in it? Hell, yes, you should go to Grey Cup even if your team's not in. It. If your team's in it, that's cool, that's awesome. But even if not, you you don't go there just for that. You go there because you want to be a part of something special, and you're meeting players. You're meeting guys that have been a part of this league for any number of years, and. Just getting their perspective on things, getting to see things behind the scenes from their point of view is just so cool. And it's just such a relaxed, fun atmosphere that you can't help but enjoy – just enjoy everything that Great Cup has to offer you. And that's what it comes down to is just developing that relationship. And you're not going to get that anywhere else. I'm pretty sure if you go to Super Bowl parties, you go to uh, Stanley Cup finals, you go to any of these things, I don't know if you're going to get quite that same level of one-on-one with current and former players like you would with – with CFL players at the Great Cup. I mean, yeah. there is just nothing like that experience. I, you can't even begin to put a price tag on it. Well, I guess I can because I had some pretty hefty bar bills, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> See, that'd be the difference between you and me. I'm not much of a drinker, so I would just... Neither am I, but I mean, like... Oh, <laughs> oh, listen to you. You're more of a drinker than I am. Well, I'm a connoisseur of fine spirits. Oh, I will say that. But, uh, okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's my turn. You're a... Fu- oh man mark that one down uh 
Oh, boy, the, the lunatic is definitely getting its workout. It is pretty funny. Hey, listen, we, we have a little bit more to talk about. I said it's just a, a show that we have put together because we, we wanted to talk. After we heard that we were going to be speaking with Coach Kahari, we had to make sure that we that we got this show out, and we just wanted to be just a one off, uh, you know, just a, a, an interview itself. We wanted to hopefully be a little bit of a proper show, and but uh, you know what? Let's get to it. Up next, Kahari Jones. And on the line with us now, a very special interview um, is a gentleman that uh, it's a hashtag that I actually started, which I hope the team continues to use this year. This gentleman has just been signed as our. Head coach, Notre Antoine Chef, Mr. Kahari Jones. Hey, thanks for joining us, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Congratulations right off the bat uh, for deciding to stick around here in Montreal. It's very exciting to know that uh, you're our coach for the next three years. So uh, once again, congratulations on that. And uh, I can't begin to tell you how excited we are to know that you're going to be leading the ship, so to speak, uh, for the next three years. Uh, I really do appreciate that, man. I felt a lot of love there, and and uh, yeah, there was no no other place I wanted to be. So I was very happy that it that it worked out the way it did, and and uh, that I that I have a home for hopefully the next three years and and beyond. Are you the type of coach that you know, during the season you don't want to talk about renegotiations? Even I guess when you're a player too, talk about renegotiations. Was that kind of the similar thing when it came to the uh, when the Alouettes may have? started the process to come to you about uh, staying with us long term yeah yeah i i don't like to think about it too too much i i i like really like to stay focused and stay on on just the 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 thoughts of football um and it's tough for me and i know we we did talk a little bit during the season and then uh, my agent uh, of course was was uh involved but um yeah, I just I don't like all that part of it. I like the football part. I like the the getting down to to trying to win football games, and and I know it's a business, but uh, I try to uh, not think about that as much as possible, and just just uh, yeah. But I, again, it worked out, and and I'm I'm glad it did. Um, I, obviously, it it was a, a strange beginning for you as being the interim head coach for the Alouettes. Coach, have you ever gone through something like that before where the, the guy that you are under, basically he gets, he gets uh, fired, let go, whatever, um, and then you take over within, I guess it's six days before the beginning of the season. In your career, have you ever seen that either as a player or as a coach? No, no, I haven't. And that, uh, yeah, that was a, definitely a first. Um, yeah, it hit, hit everybody by, by surprise and, uh, uh, yeah, I was glad they they uh, they asked me. Uh, I, I felt like the team was was uh, uh, had a chance to win, and that was the biggest reason that I wanted to uh, that I was excited about the opportunity to take over. And uh, yeah, fortunately we 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 did, and and uh, yeah, but it was it was a it was kind of a crazy beginning, and uh, uh, but it didn't let it affect me, and I just kind of went about it and said, okay, let's what do we have to do to 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 win some football games. Yeah, for sure, and and as we saw, I mean, it's uh, you know, I think you increased the team's win by by five compared to last year. Uh, I know it puts you up near the in the top five of coaches in Alouette's history who have done just that, whether it be you know from year over year. Um, what what was so special about this team this year, Coach? Uh, just the buy-in was was really special. The group that we have assembled, how close they got during the season. Um, we we did a lot of 
uh, competing on the field, but they, they hung out a lot off the field too, which I loved. Uh, and, and, and you could tell, you could tell in the, in the chemistry, you could tell how we, we stuck together in games. You know, we were behind by a lot in, in a few games and, and you didn't hear a lot of panic on the sideline. You didn't hear guys barking at each other like you, you, you might on, on some other teams. They, they everybody was encouraging and, and always felt like we had a chance to win. And so that was, um, that was, that was big, that was big. And, 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 like I said, you don't find that all the time. So when you have it, you want to, you want to keep it and you want to kind of nourish that feeling and, and, uh, and, and keep it going. So yeah, it was just a, just a fun group to coach and, and, um, yeah, and they, and they bought in and there was a lot of trust between both the players and the coaches, which, which is, uh, which is great. Was that, that was that tough being a, uh, a first time head coach? I mean, where, I mean, as you said, everybody bought into it because it's, it, it was it a, uh, we know who Kahari is. He may be—I mean, he may have been one coach before, but he is now our head coach, our interim head coach now. Did 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 it change in any way when you jump positions? I, I don't—I don't feel like it did really. And and the biggest thing for me is that I, I was just taking what I was doing with the offense, and then I, I was able to do it with the whole team, and and it, it was great because I got to know the defense uh, and 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 uh, special teams players. I uh, got to interact with the coaches more, and so yeah, they just kind of got more of of me. And and my big goal was to just make sure that I was always uh, myself. I was always authentic. If I felt like, you know, jumping up and down or dancing or doing something, then I did it. If I needed to kind of yell, I, I did that. I, whatever it was, whatever. But my whole goal, and I think they felt that, was mm-hmm. to to try to help the team. Uh, get better every week and improve and so i think they saw that my that 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 i was i was authentic in that and i wanted to make sure that hey this is this is whatever i can do to help you guys out i'm going to do it and uh and they did the same you know they they bought into it and they they um they just performed every every week they just came out and and practiced hard and and then went out on the field and played hard cool Okay, Coach, uh, let's go back to training camp of 2019. Uh, Mike Sherman's running the show, and then all of a sudden it becomes your show. Uh, When we talked with Vernon Adams earlier this year, he talked about how the quarterback competition became wide open. And a lot of people were expecting Antonio Pipkin to be the guy. And lo and behold, it ends up being Vernon Adams once Pipkin goes to his injury. What was it about Vernon Adams that really made you decide, okay, this is my guy. This is who I'm hitching my wagon to, and we're going to go to the top with this guy. Yeah, it you know what it started with Vernon in the in the off season really you know where we'd have uh, you know I I talked to him and 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 uh, he was just locked in he was just locked in from the beginning and he came into camp as 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 the four string guy but he never let that affect him and every every practice he would just do what he did and and make good decisions and and we saw that up to the point where at the beginning of the season, he was, he was our second guy. And then when Pipkin went down, he got into the game and he just kind of lit a fire under, under everyone. And you could see it. It's, it's not even a, uh, it's something that you could feel, you know, where just the, the level raised and he was at the right uh, time in his career. And, and, and uh, he's always had the skill level, but now, everything else was catching up to it. And, and, um, yeah, after that first game, I, I pretty much knew that he was, 
he was going to be the guy that was that was going to lead the team. And that's no disrespect to Pipkin at all. It was just that it was uh, Vernon's a little older, and and uh, and you could tell that it was his time to uh, to to go forward. So I'm I'm excited for him. Do you see a lot of yourself in uh, in either Vernon Adams or Antonio Pipkin or any of the other quarterbacks on this team? Yeah, well, yeah, I see. It's funny because the Vernon, uh, Vernon is. We we grew up very similarly. We both grew up in California. Uh, both had had uh, a great uh, parental support and and dads that really pushed us and put a lot of pressure on us uh, to perform. And uh, and when I when I talked to him about that and and you know saw stories on it, it it mirrored my own. Uh, kind of upbringing and the same thing with going to a smaller school to start out and being a little undersized and uh and then and then proving himself and and uh you know getting getting these opportunities so there's a lot of similarities you know i think he's a little more slippery than i was i i was uh, <laughs> i could run but uh yeah i like to get down and and find the sidelines side side he, he, yeah he's 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 uh he's slippery out there but uh but no, we we have a lot of similarities, and I think he has he has such a, a a high ceiling on on what he can accomplish that I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. Oh, that's incredible! And as I said, we've we've spoken with him on a number of occasions, and he's got nothing but love for you. Like he has definitely bought it. Whatever you're selling, he has bought hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah. He believes in you, and I can see it right away that you believe in him. So I mean, it's just an incredible relationship that. Everybody here in Montreal, and I'd say even throughout the entire CFL, can see firsthand. Oh, that's great! I, I'm I'm happy that you say that. Uh, yeah, I feel real strongly about Vernon, and um, he's yeah. He's when you find a, a quarterback like that, when you find a quarterback that can do the things that he can do, you just want to want to nurture that. And and uh, because I've been there and I've been in those same positions, I, I hopefully trust me to to. Um, to, to steer him in the right direction and uh, and and I want him to be himself I want him to go out there and play and and, uh, and have fun on the field and and when he's doing that he's, he's he's pretty special yeah yeah I yeah I I completely agree with you coach I mean um, we were we were lucky enough to to actually uh, we invited Vernon actually out to dinner for cliff and myself and huh. he joined us and it's the, the guy is he has a head on his shoulders and, and we as, as I mentioned to Vernon earlier in the year uh, and that night too, I said to him, you know, there's a difference between this year and the years past because I, I, usually when you have a quarterback and they may throw an interception or, and it's at one of those inopportune times, you just, you, you sigh, you know, you sigh loudly, put your head down and just, you know, just shake your head and said, you know, what's next. <laughs> but in his case, it's completely different. And I, I think it's just a combination of how I've seen him grow uh, over this past season and I think it's also, also obviously with yourself being his head coach and you being a mentor to him. I think you know, uh, you with you two being a, a one-two, basically on offense. I think we're gonna, we're gonna, ha- you know, good things are gonna happen to this to this team going forward. So it's it, it's yeah. it's really cool. So um, that's great. I appreciate what, that. What um, coach? What was the big difference between switching your the way your schedule was between switching between being an OC and then being the head coach all of a sudden? How much time? How much more time did you spend in the bowels of the Olympic Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I spent I spent a lot of time there anyway. But yeah, it it, it was uh, it was a little bit more. It was, it was definitely more duties and and more people coming into the office, which is the is, is the biggest thing probably because now I'm I'm talking to you know all the players and and you know setting lineups mm-hmm. and and worrying about ratio and uh, a lot a lot of different components that come to it that i i was aware of and ready for but it's just uh, you know until you go through it you you just have to see how to manage your time so the first few weeks were uh were just a feeling out process really because it was like okay how do i um how do i manage this you know i knew how to manage my time as a as the offensive coordinator and and what I did is I really relied on my my assistant coaches quite a bit and and um uh on offense I had a great staff and they um yeah Andre Balduc really really stepped up and and took some things off of my plate mm-hmm. on the offensive side to to um to uh, allow me to you know concentrate a little bit more on on defense and special teams when I needed to and uh, the receiver coach uh, Robert Gordon was 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 fantastic. Paul Dunn and and uh, LBJ were great on the offensive line. So it, that that was a big help because um, yeah, I knew I I couldn't do this alone. And and uh, I was I was really happy how everybody kind of stepped up and and uh, did did whatever was necessary to to make this work. So that that was a big part of it. You actually mentioned uh, the and one thing I was just talking about the other day to a friend of mine. Whenever I hear about making adjustments to the ratio in game, it kind of makes my head hurt. How are you able to do that, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you just have to keep a lot of things in in play. That's the the, the main thing. And I mean, you, of course, you start the game, and so you know what's where your ratio is. But all it takes is one injury or something to happen, and then you you if if you don't think about the the uh the next steps then then you're scrambling and so fortunately for us we we meet together we talk about it we say hey what if this guy goes down what if he goes down what are we going to do okay and real fortunate for us we had uh, a great deal of of canadian talent you know and 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 guys that could go out there and play and and do some very good things and so you when you have you know when you have a great uh, safety like Loeffler go down and then Baseko Lacumbo comes in and, mm-hmm. and can fill in for him. And, and you have Aki and Enoch, but DJ Lalama is able to come in and, and play uh, well uh, when, when he gets the opportunity. Um, that That's special. You know, you have Landon Rice who came in and, and once, once Tony Washington went down and, and we get a Landon Rice and, and comes in and, and, and finishes the season at tackle and plays, plays outstanding and, so yeah, it it was great that we had the, the the talent that we did and the guys that would that would just step in and and make plays and so that that made handling the ratio a lot easier as well. Cliff, okay, coach, with uh, the additions that you made to the coaching staff, you weren't able to do too much because essentially you inherited Mike Sherman's coaching staff. Uh, uh-huh. Talk to me about uh, adding uh, Flash Gordon and Markway McDaniel to the lineup. Like what? What pro- what what did you see in those guys that you made you think that okay these are the guys that are going to help me make this team even better? Yeah, that was that was just, those two were both big additions, you know. So yeah, with Robert Gordon, I, I've known Robert for uh, years, you know, since we played together in Winnipeg, and he's been a good friend of mine. And uh, he's also been coaching in the in the states a lot, so he's been coaching in various leagues, and and uh, and so I knew he was still still viable and up on the game and so 
yeah, able to get him out here, which is great. Marque McDaniel I had as a rookie in, in Hamilton, you know, when I was coaching there. And I loved him at at the time. I, I thought he was he was outstanding, and we were silly enough to to let him go. And then he had a great career in in Calgary. But but uh, he's always somebody that I've I've admired as a player, and, and thought he would make a good coach, which he did. And so yeah, having those two guys to 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 kind of mentor the 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 wide receivers. There's a reason that you saw a guy like. Uh, Eugene Lewis uh, play the way he did, and and uh, the young guys, especially with Jake Weineke and um, and, and uh, Quan Bray, uh, play uh, great football. You know, they had they had two great coaches, and so that that was that was nice. That was a, a luxury to have both of those guys, and and uh, they they got a lot of attention on the on the receiving core. And uh, adding LBJ to the lineup after he basically. Called it a career in his uh, second, second or third game of the season. Uh, how much has he added to the offensive line? Because we know that the defensive line has been a, shall we say, a work in progress over the past couple of years. But I think things have really tightened up a lot, and both he and Adam Dunn have really done an outstanding job with this offensive line. What do you think he brings that hasn't been there before? Yeah, I think he uh, LBJ was was great. He came in and it was it was kind of a you know a fairy tale ending for him to be able to uh, suit up the last game and not only suit up but play against against Hamilton. And uh, we were we were talking about it at the end of the season. He was a big part of my first uh, my first win as a head coach. So I, I definitely thank him because he got in at, at center and and uh, finished that game off for us. And, and then to move over to the coaching side of things, he was he was great. It was it was pretty seamless. He just uh, he fit right in. The guys knew that they could um, they could trust what he was saying because he just got off the field literally, and uh, and he and he's smart as a whip and, and knows the position, uh, knows the line inside and out. So it was a great addition with with Coach Dunn and. Yeah, I thought they they both work well together, and and uh, you saw the results. You saw the results with us, you know, rushing the ball the way we did. I think we were second in rushing and and protected the quarterback much better than we did last year. Uh, things just just tightened up uh, really really nicely. One thing we want to talk about, coaches, is something that the that the team is really promoted is your speeches and. Uh, uh, all the ones that they have put online have, I'm sure anybody who's watched them, uh, really do give them the feels because uh, you're able to come across in such a way to to this team, uh, you know, not only not just as not just as their head coach, but where do you get the inspiration for these things? Because you know, we watched your first one from the beginning of the year all the way until the. Uh, you, you know that the, the tear jerking one uh, from the end of the season. Where does it come from, Coach? Uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, it, it just comes from whatever I'm feeling and whatever I'm thinking. You know, I don't write anything down. I don't. Uh, I don't think about it beforehand. Uh, I just kind of speak from the heart, and that's. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that people have, have kind of liked it and, and and enjoyed it and everything and that was the thing i didn't even know at the beginning that that it was being filmed or anything for or or for wide consumption i'm just talking to my guys and this is how i would talk to them after a game normally or during the week and and uh yeah it's just uh uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> kind of who I am, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, and and I, I know 
I haven't I haven't watched anything or anything like that, but people talk and say they they've um, they they like it and appreciate it and it makes me feel good. You know, I, I'm I'm glad that they they uh, they they at least like the way I I speak to my guys. That's fantastic. Well, there's 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 no question about that, Coach. It's I I've said it to you on a number of occasions. Like we watch these and like I'm ready to run through a brick wall for mm-hmm. you, and I know I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the, whether it's your players, whether it's other fans throughout the league, anyone else who watches these videos just watches your passion, your dedication, the the way you come across and present everything. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you 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 tell me to do something, I will do it. Just because <laughs> you said so. That's the impact that you have yeah. had this year. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. I really do, man. I just yeah, I'm passionate about the game, you know, and I love I love uh, love seeing these guys succeed. I love seeing them win. I love being a part of it. So. Yeah, I hope, I'm glad it comes across that way because it's 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 like I said, it's all from the heart. I I just I I want these guys to to uh, to win and perform uh, to the utmost of their ability, and and uh, whatever I can do to help is, is great. So yeah, the, yeah, I think the one that stands out. I think Cliff will agree with me is is your your speech after the. Uh, after the uh, after the comeback versus Winnipeg, you're you know uh, you know we aren't who they think we are that type of thing. It's you know this team is real. Uh, it it's it was a it was a perfect if we if we we're to look at if there be one thing whether it be all the highlights all the stats that the team did this year all the changes all the good things all the bad things that speech itself would be the perfect capper on the year because yeah it, it, it's a total change now. Speaking of other things that you do, and we happen to see you do this from time to time, whether it be on the TV or whether it be uh, on the field itself, we got to ask about your dance moves, Coach. Um, (laughs) We absolutely love how it just seems that you get into the game. You may may be on the sideline, you get into it, whether it be, uh, you know, the music. It's it's as if you're, you're, you're going with your own beat. It's amazing. I mean, is it just something that you just do without thinking about, or is it just you yourself getting into the game and enjoying what you're doing? Yeah, it's a little both. It really is. It's just, uh, yeah. Well, I talked about my dad and how what I got from him. That's, I probably get the dancing from my mom more than anybody. <laughs> she just has, she has a lot of life to her, and and uh, always has, and she, she just feels things, you know. And now I, I. I do the same thing. I feel stuff. So if you, it's it's music on, and it's it's time to move. It's time to move, and and it gets me going. And so uh, yeah, on the sidelines is more just uh, kind of jumping around and keeping my blood flowing and mm-hmm. keeping my body moving. So mm-hmm. so my mind is active. I've always felt like as a quarterback when I was playing, if if I had good feet and if my feet were moving, then my mind was was in the right place and, and moving. And so I've kind of taken that to, uh, to, to the coaching side of things. So when I'm calling plays or when I feel too static, I'm like, Oh, I got to move. Something's got to move in me, move my body and, and get the blood pumping. And then, uh, and then the, and then the plays come to me. And I, I just, uh, I feel like I call a call a little better game. So that's probably the, the, the big thing about it. But, uh, but yeah, pregame and stuff. I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see the guys play. I tell them that every week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and when I'm excited, I, I, I dance, I move around. <laughs> do you, do you consult with the Alouettes DJ as to which music to play to really get you kind of fired up? <laughs> I haven't yet. I haven't yet. <laughs> I think they're getting to know me though. Now they, yeah, they play certain songs on, uh, 
at certain times where I'm like, yes, this is this is what I wanted to hear. So yeah, I think we're I think we're in tune right now, which is which is nice. All right, we, we got to get a Kahari Jones Spotify playlist. That's what there I think we got to work on during the off season. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, we'll get that working. <laughs> Actually, we should ask since Cliff brought it up, Coach. What would be what would be three songs that would be on the Kahari Jones playlist? Oh my gosh! Oh uh, <laughs> man, I uh, I'm a I'm a big there's and I don't even know the names of these songs. They just come on. I know. And it's funny because I'm like the old guy now. I, I ask the players every time. I'm like, who is this? I'm like, oh, I like this. And then I just, and then I start dancing. So I know I like Meek Mill. Uh, there's there's something Meek Mill plays that 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 I love. I love his passion in his songs. And and uh, yeah. So whenever I hear it, they know. As soon as I look at him, mm-hmm. I look at certain guys, and they say, like, oh, yeah, that's Meek Mill, coach. I'm like, yes, I knew it. I like him. <laughs> um, uh, anything Jay Z. Um, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, there's so much. I'm a, I'm a big Prince fan. We don't play Prince in, before the game, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably be lip syncing that or, or mm. singing it out loud. They play Prince. Um, yeah, I, I like everything though. I like everything, but the, the, but the, the 80, 90s R&B, the, the rap, the, yeah, I, I like it all. I like it all. Cool. Cool. Cliff. <laughs> all right. Um, coach. This year, we've we've seen so many incredible wins from this team, and, and just like you've literally pulled wins out of, you've made something out of nothing, and it's been so incredible to watch. What victory stands out to you the most this year? And I know there's a lot to choose from, but which one can you look back on in 2019 and say, "Dang, that was that was a hell of a win." Yeah, yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's yeah all of them are great believe me and when anytime you win is is fantastic i think i i would have to say two of them to tell the truth i think the the winnipeg one that you mentioned uh being down by 24 at home and and uh and and being able to come back and and score with with 6 seconds on the clock um uh against a lot of odds you know i thought that was pretty incredible and and uh yeah, I think my my post game speech kind of said it all that that I, I did feel that the team was real, and uh, and the and the Calgary game in Calgary mm-hmm. I think would be the other one. Um, that was again another win that it's hard to win in Calgary, um, and uh, it, it doesn't happen too often. And and uh, that was early in the season when we're still uh, you know figuring out who we were, but. Uh, we knew we had something, and and uh, to, then to go out in Calgary and and win and and win in overtime fashion like that 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 uh, that said a lot about this team and and uh, just the fight that the team had the whole season. But those two those two games really encompassed the the never give up attitude that that we that we had and and uh, that that nobody uh, ever threw in the towel with this team. And so that was that, that those were two, two, uh, two games that showed that. Okay. And on the flip side, uh, again, I know you don't want to dwell too much on losses, but was there one loss in particular that you're like, Oh, what, why did we do this instead? And we, it would have made all the difference in the world. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, the last loss, <laughs> you know, that was, <laughs> that was the one that probably, probably sticks out of my mind more than anything, you know, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, we even with our opportunities and everything, uh, we 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 uh, we probably didn't play the best game uh, that that we've had defensively, and we're playing against Trevor Harris, who's playing outstanding football and and played really outstanding in that game. But 
but uh but yeah i i would i would love to to kind of get that one that one back in in some respect and just a few plays in that game i think that that made a made a big difference but uh yeah that one that one will stick with you but again i think it's going to drive us into next season and and uh so i do like that that part of it because uh, uh i think the guys know that we were that we were close to uh to doing something really really special and and uh, I think they want to they want to get that feeling again. Well, coach, let's 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 not mince words. What you did this year was special. There is no two ways about it. Yeah, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. And I, I know it didn't end the way you wanted it to. But make no mistake, this, this year was special here in Montreal. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, man. I no, I, I, I did feel that with the this group and and. And not just with the group, but just with the with the with the fans and and uh, uh, with the city. Um, that that was really the the special feel to it because uh, uh, I think the the fans really appreciated what what the team uh, did and what we did as a as a group. And and you saw them come back and you saw how loud they were and you know flashing the lights in the in the uh, and the, the on their phones on in the, on the one game that I'd, I'd never seen before. I thought that was one of the coolest things uh, I'd seen in a, in a stadium and, and uh, uh, the, the, how loud they got, you know, I think we really, we really got a home field advantage this year. And it was because the, of, of the fans and because of the people that, uh, that supported us. So that, uh, that was, that was big. And I, I definitely want to thank them for, for coming out and believing in us and, and want to just tell them to keep doing it. You, you've seen it on both sides of the coin there, coach. I mean, between, you know, I was, I was, it's funny you brought it up for us. I was going to ask you that same question. I mean, you saw, you know, 2018 versus 2019, uh, completely different. The atmosphere, you know, it is the way this team is going and how exciting this team is. Uh, Montreal may once again become one of those feared locations that team just don't want to come to play at. So it's, um, yeah. yeah. So it's it, yeah yeah it's really cool. I'm, I appreciate that because yeah and I and I and I heard that from opposing teams at the end of the season, you know, and uh, you know they they'd be on offense and they, and they couldn't hear the snap count and and uh, that's big. That's a big uh, that's a big advantage and mm-hmm. and to have one of those those stadiums, you know, that that uh, teams just don't want to go to. Uh, that 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 bodes well for us in the future. So hopefully we can uh, we can keep giving giving people a, a reason to come to the to the stadium and and uh, and support this team. Exactly. Uh, so now looking into the offseason, now coach, that they've been able to actually paint your name on your door without the word interim. <laughs> Uh, you have obviously there are a couple things coming up with the CFL just announcing who the uh, who the uh, free agency uh, agency players are going to be. Um, you got the draft mm-hmm. coming up. Obviously, you may be making some minor modifications to your coaching staff because now it is your team. You're and you are the head coach. Um, mm-hmm. What's uh, uh, what is the most challenging part of what's coming up over the next five to six months? Yeah, I think the the main thing is, I mean, it's all challenging and it's all a part of it. But uh, uh, I think once we kind of get the the general manager established, and I can I can sit down with him and and uh, and and start really putting a a plan in place. um, Then, yeah, I think things are going to fall into place. Like I said, this is my first off season as a head coach, Mm -hmm. and so I'm I'm already sitting down with 
with dates and calendars and 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 uh, thoughts of of when uh, when you know uh, uh, so the coaching staff are going to get together and when we'll meet and and uh, when we'll uh, kind of talk to the players all those things and what free agents that we're looking at and and um, yeah there's there's a lot to do and uh, it's all exciting though it, it really is I'm, I've, I've dreamt about being a, a head coach and and being in this position and so uh, you'll never hear me complaining about any of this because uh, yeah I know how long and uh, I, I've, I've wanted to do it and so yeah I, I think it's all all um, things that that I'm going to cherish in the in the off season and and uh, just kind of work to build this team we're not gonna we're not gonna sneak up on anybody people know who we are now and so this it, now it's, it's where the real work begins to, to kind of keep this going that's fantastic hey, yep. hey Cliff I'll say Cliff take us home uh, well really quick uh, before we do that uh can you give us a little bit of insight as to the Alouette's ownership situation? I, now, I have to believe that now that you've gotten yourself signed, sealed, and delivered, uh, do you have any insight as to uh, where this ownership uh, issue is going to go? I do not. I, I, you guys probably know more than I do. Believe me, <laughs> I don't. I don't know much. Yeah, whatever uh, happens, it, it, it happens. And I think I, I, I feel like from. Uh, I, I mean, I'm hearing uh, the, you know the same same names as, as most other people and if if uh if if it is who who i think it may be then i think we'll be in good hands and uh i i just feel good about the direction that the team is going and hopefully the new owners feel that way too and uh we can we can we can just kind of keep this thing rolling and keep keep positive things happening with the with the team i think that's important to keep keep a positive uh feel for a long time i don't think it was that was the case and and so uh when you when you get this get this wave you want to you want to keep it going yeah and, and are you involved at all in the selection of the general manager process or is it uh, just basically they're going to drop them on you and you're just going to have to find a way to work together <laughs> yeah no i i'm a i'm a slightly involved i'm not going to choose the, the the person by any means but uh but they they uh pat uh Boivin is 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 uh getting my input and and so uh we kind of know uh the the type of person that we're we're looking for and uh yeah and then then it's 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 uh a pat's decision and and uh i feel like there's there's a great list of candidates out there and and uh uh, I'm I'm confident that we're going to find the right person, and and uh, I, I feel like I'm pretty pretty easy to work with, and and uh, I just want as as long as that person just wants to do what's best for the team and wants to to, to help win football games, and then I, then I'll be on board. Fantastic, uh, Coach. We we really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, we obviously again we congratulate you in becoming our head coach. Um, uh, if, uh, anybody happens to want to follow you on social media, can they do so? Yeah, of course, of course. I, I don't post all that much. So, but yeah, bear with me. I'm going to try to do a little bit more. Uh, my brother gets on me because he's, yeah, he's, he posts all the time. But, uh, so on, on Twitter, I'm Kahari 17 Jones. I think I'm the same thing on, on, uh, Instagram, Kahari 17 Jones. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain. And, uh, yeah, those are my two. I, I'm on Facebook, but I'm never on Facebook. No, I'm okay. one of those guys. So, <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I don't even know my name on Facebook. But, yeah, I, I, I'm more on Twitter and Instagram. I look at things on there a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Right. 
Well, Coach, I mean, you you, you said it all, really. I mean, we can't <laughs> we can't thank you enough. Uh, I again, you have along with Vernon, along with everybody on this team, everyone that's associated with the Alouettes, you have really started something here, and it has been so exciting to see after years of coming close or just out and out failure. To be honest with you. You, you've reignited the city's passion for football. Yeah. You saw it during the Eastern semifinal. People want to come here. The people want to support the Alouettes again. And just knowing that you're back for 2020 and beyond, I can tell you right now, a lot of people are going to be, if, if they're not on board already, they will get on board. And you are, the, you, you, you are the spark that started that fire. And we cannot thank you enough for everything you have done so far and everything that you continue to do for this team. Well, I really appreciate that, you guys. Uh, that means a lot to me, and you guys are, are yeah. Thank you for your support and everything. And uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm honored to be be in this position. I really am, and and uh, I don't, I don't take this this lightly, and and uh, just this responsibility, and and uh, just want to do best by uh, by this team and by the city. It's it's been a it's been a good ride so far, and just beginning, which is which is exciting for me. So hopefully we can we can. We can uh, be talking about this and, uh, and uh, with a with a great cup uh, real soon. Nothing left to say, uh, as you put it. I love it. You always, you always end the com- the, the, the interviews like that. I like that. It was nothing left to say. You said it all. But I don't think there's anything else we can say because it was uh, a great interview. We want to thank uh, Coach for joining us again on the pod and taking some time out from the from the West Coast. Um, and what the people didn't hear uh, pre-show. Which will never hear the light of day. Never see the light of day. Um, able to talk about more of his career, his time in the Arena League. Uh, by the way, I got to say, R.I.P. Arena League. Uh, you'll be missed. Um, but to hear the stories, you know, it's it's just to hear. You know, it's it's cool to hear the stories about about the, the players and the coaches stuff like that. And um, as they say, at least for the next three years, and hopefully more. Uh, I think we got a keeper. I, I think you're right. I think uh, for for Kahari to come and uh, join us uh, this evening was an absolute treat. Uh, the excitement level, Tim, just knowing that Kahari is going to be back, and you felt it league wide. Like everybody saw what exactly he did this year in, in 2019 for the Montreal Alouettes, and to know that it's going to continue on for the next three years, man, like that is talk about an early Christmas gift for Alouettes fans to be able to know that Kahari Jones is going to be back leading this team. And you know that Vernon Adams is back next year, and hopefully we can get him signed to an extension at some point. I mean, man, there's there's a lot to be excited about. And once again, we're so thankful that Kari was able to come on and just you know share some stuff with us and give us a lot of insight. And we were able to give him the props that he richly deserves. Uh, I, I'm very thankful that we were able to do so. And once again, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. And I, I say this all the time, but it's definitely true, especially in this case. Anytime you want back on the flight deck, all you have to do is ask. You're definitely more than welcome to join us anytime you want. Exactly. Um, real one quick thing before we finish up this week uh, is that uh, the Alouettes, sorry, sorry, the CFO released a list of all the, the potential free agents for the Alouettes and for the rest of the teams in the CFL. Uh, something that Cliff and I wanted to talk about, but we're actually going to hold off for specific reasons. There was a, a little back and forth between uh, Herb Zerkowski and the team. Uh, Herbert actually mentioned 
um, that you know, the, based off of the list that he saw, these are the players that are currently on the list of free agents for the Alouettes. And then the uh, then the team chimed back that uh, some of them, yes, that is some of them, but some of them also that he had mentioned had also been re-signed to uh, to new contracts. And they mentioned it in July, and I'm like, that's the thing that blew my mind the most. So. What we're going to do is we're not going to mention it right now. Hopefully during the next couple of weeks, we'll hear some announcements from the team and then we'll be able to cross these names off off this list because with all honesty, Cliff, once I think I saw the list and after, after I spoke to you about it, there are some pretty big names on this list that are free agents this year for the Alouettes, but also finding out, I'm sure they found out once Coach Gahari signed that long-term contract, to be our head coach, I'm sure a lot of these guys are going to be willing to stay and to try to uh, continue with what the, something special that they did last year. Oh, without question. And also, too, there's a couple of names on there that I'm con- or that are not on there that I'm convinced are free agents. So there's a little bit of a confusion factor here as well. So it, it's confusing, I guess, not only from our end, but also from where the team stands as well. So again, it's maybe it's just stuff that needs to be clarified and uh, for whatever reasons, uh, it's not clear right now, but hopefully we'll get to shed some more light on it uh, as, uh, as over the next few weeks and even in the next few months. Because free agency itself doesn't start until February. But if a couple of these the, the names on this list, if they're already signed to contracts, I, I really hope the, the, the team lets us know right away so that we're not sitting there wondering, oh, OK, do we need to keep this guy? Do we need to you know let him go? What's happening? Uh, just, just a little bit of clarity. That's I, I think that's probably what uh, Captain Sunshine was talking about earlier is just to have a little bit of clarity and just make it clear to not only the media but also to the fans as well just so that we know exactly what we're going into coming into 2020 and that's really not such a difficult thing to ask for so I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that the team itself over the next few weeks as more questions get answered as far as ownership goes who the next general manager of the team is going to be and as a result, who is going to be a member of the Montreal Alouettes going into the 2020 training camp? To me, those are the things that are definitely need to be – those are questions that definitely have to be answered. And I'm hoping that over the next couple of weeks, we get a little bit more clarity on some of that as well. So let's that, – that's all that's – all, that's all we want. That's all we should yeah. – we have the right to as far as I'm concerned. Like not just as media members but also as fans, as, as supporters as well as just tell us who's going to be on the team. And we'll, we'll speculate over free agency closer to – February when free agency gets underway, but just to be able to know right now, okay, who do we know going into the the 2020 season? Who's going to be a part of this team? To me, that's that's right now the most important thing to know. So at least we have a rough idea of who to expect, at least who could possibly be on the move. But I mean, as you said, like like some of these names on this list may have already signed contracts. So I guess it's really just a matter now of the team deciding to let us know who's staying put and who may still need to put pen to paper. Exactly. So yeah. So so stay tuned to obviously to the social media and to us uh, on our social media channels, whether it be Twitter, which is at Alouettes FL Deck, or uh, or uh, any one of our accounts, whether it be Cliffy at, at Cliffy D or myself uh, at uh, Repact R E P P A C T. Um, yeah. Or yeah, as I said, just just follow us, and I'm sure we'll we'll get the information out to you. 
and uh, if there's enough information, which I'm sure there will be, it'll be enough for another pod. So it's, uh, but we hope to be back before then, obviously before February. So, oh yeah, I mean we've got again, we we still got a lot of news to get through, definitely before season's end. I mean, well, I guess again, the season is technically over, like the 2019 season, but I mean, we still got a lot of Alouettes news that has to be dealt with before the end of the calendar year. So, by all means, folks. Uh, I mean, and we also do want to try and get a few more people on to sit and talk Alouettes with us, even though the off season's here now and that sucks, but we still want to keep you guys informed and entertained as much as possible. So by all means, subscribe to our, our social media channels, uh, whatever your platform is for downloading the Alouettes flight deck, make sure that's you're subscribed to that too. So you always get the most recent episodes and, uh, just stay tuned, folks, because there still is a lot of Alouettes news that has to happen before 2019 comes to an end. So just make sure you're on board with us because yeah. that's what we're here for. We're here for you. You be here for us. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we want is yeah. to we still want to entertain you. We still want to inform you. We want to talk Alouettes with you all. So uh, by all means, like just stay tuned. That's all I can say is just stay tuned. Exactly. So what are you, uh, you know, as we finish up the show here for this week? What what what's what particular next, dude? <laughs> you got a big. I know we're switching to another other mode, but you got a big matchup this week for your uh, for your 49ers. Holy crap! Oh man, and uh, also friend of the show, Carl uh, Anderton Jr. Uh, we're coming for you, boy. We're coming for you, cornbread. <laughs> and I tell you right now, I got I got nothing but love for Lamar Jackson. I think the dude is an incredible quarterback. But you know what? This Niners defense. Look what we did to Aaron Rodgers. We dummied him up, and uh, pretty boy Le- Lamar, we're coming for you, buddy. So uh, I-, I-, I hope you're ready. That's all I'm going to say is this is a great offense you got in Baltimore, but uh, this San Francisco D, they've, they're coming to eat. And uh, not Thanksgiving dinner, I can tell you that right now. Even though there's bird on the menu, I tell you right now, nothing tastier than, uh, than some nice uh, Baltimore Raven. I'd be down for that on Sunday. <laughs> How's that for a Sunday roast? Woot, woot. All right. Well, it's uh, again. Uh, stay tuned for us for more information throughout the off season. And again, uh, if you uh, if you liked the, the the interview that we did with Coach Kahari, uh, shoot us a line and let us know who else you'd like us to try and get during the off season and during the during the uh, during the upcoming twenty twenty season too. We do, we'll try our best to get to get these guys on the show for you. So, so everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Take- Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.